Welcome to another edition of NBA Sound System. Carlin Gay alongside my main man, Micah Adams. Micah, how's it going, my man? Carlin, man, I am pumped. I'm ready to talk about the greatest basketball player of all time, uh, which we, we can do any day of the week if you want. Arguably the greatest basketball player of all time, by the way. I, There's no arguably be, in there, but that's for another day. We have to be unbiased, don't we? We have to be unbiased in these sort of things. I agree with you, though. The uh, He is the GOAT basketball player. And going back, and if, if you don't know by now, we're talking about, of course, the great Michael Jeffrey Jordan. I was, uh, I was about to say, we got we to gotta actually <laughs> introduce him with this name here. Yeah. We, we can't uh, let the people out there thinking we're talking about LeBron. Come on now. LeBron, Will Chamberlain... Bill Russell. Depends on who you ask, Bob Cousy, and how old you are, really, right? I can't be believe honest you snuck in. I can't believe you snuck in Bob Cousy there, but we'll let it slide for today. <laughs> uh, for those who know, they know. Uh, all right, so we're, we're here to talk about the great Michael Jeffrey Jordan. Uh, and going back and doing some research in some of his greatest games, um, I had fun doing this. And the reason why we are doing this pod uh, is there's two anniversaries coming or that went by on Saturday. Two anniversaries for the great MJ. Uh, Micah, can you tell us what anniversaries those two are? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so March 28th, a big day in Michael Jordan history. Of course, we got the double nickel at Madison Square Garden. Comes back rocking the number 45. Uh, drops 55 on the Knicks. Really kind of setting up what was what would go on to be the next three years of dominance. And then one of the, one of the all-time great, it, I, I don't even know what to call it. We'll get into it more, uh, but had a 69.18 rebound game, both career highs. That happened in 1990. So this uh, past weekend was the 30-year anniversary of that game. We'll dive into that more later. Uh, but that's sort of the, the reason for uh, diving down memory lane here and, and talking about uh, the GOAT and all of his greatest games. Never an excuse. Uh, there, there's always an excuse to talk about the great one uh, whenever we have the opportunity, but no reason better than an anniversary for two of his greatest games. So we thought we would decide, we decided to go back in time and give you the 10 best Michael Jordan games according to one Micah Adams. He's right there. I was about them. to say, this is all subjective, baby. <laughs> He's ranked them, he's put them in order. I have not seen the order in which they are ranked, so I'm going to be here to be the audience ears and eyes and to call them out if we do see something egregious uh, in the order of 1 to 10. So uh, let's start with some honorable mentions, ones that didn't make the list, because there's so many great Michael Jordan games, but there are some that just, just didn't quite make the cut. There are, and and really it's, it's, it's actually pretty ridiculous. Uh, so... When you so when I took my ten games and I did this, I did this subjectively, right? I'm I'm reading articles, I'm seeing what other people have done, I'm I'm reaching into the bag for my own personal favorites, and then if so, if you go on Basketball Reference and you sort his greatest games by game score, care to guess how many of my top ten are actually in the top ten? Give me the number of what was game score ranked? It's like two hundred and fifty. Do what? So, so you want you want the ranking of how many in the top ten? Minutes, I want the top you 10 to of tell me score. of my of my of my personal top ten Michael Jordan games. How many of those actually rank among Michael Jordan's best ten games? According to Game Score, and for those of you that don't know, Game Score is it's kind of taken into account everything: it's points, it's rebounds, it's shooting efficiency, it's turnovers, it's steals, it's blocks, it's 
is kind of a, a way to just capture how statistically dominant a player was in, in that game. But Carl, I want to ask you before we dive into it, how many of my top 10 do you think actually sat within his own top 10? I'm going to go with two. I'm going to go with two of the top 10 that actually made the game score top 10. It is actually only one. Wow. wow. Which is crazy. Okay. And and two of my top 10 rank outside of the top 300. What? All right. Yeah. Well, so so yeah. either you're a fraud or game score is a fraud. We're about it, to find out. One of us is a fraud. It ain't me. I'll tell you that much. But let's. So before we dive into the ten, let's go through some of the some of the honorable mentions here. Um, look, man, we we like to we like to just pretend sometimes that Washington Wizards Michael Jordan never happened. Uh, he did score fifty one in a Wizards jersey uh, at the time. The oldest player ever to score fifty in a game. Look, it, it was an amazing accomplishment, an amazing feat. It's great to to sit there and watch a. A, a MJ pushing 40 drop 50 uh, on the Hornets. But let's be real. That's not one of the top 10 games of his career. No. So that's game that's score sitting outside. Where did the game uh, score games, I, I, I do not have that one pulled in front of me, but but it, it was it was well down the list. Okay, It was good, well fair. down the list. At, at least um, it wasn't like a top five where, where Michael was super efficient, did a whole bunch of things. Because, yeah, you're right. It, people do remember. I think people, true Michael Jordan fans, do remember that he wasn't as washed as we are led to believe he was. with the No, Wizards. people people point to the Wizards thing never happening. Like like it was some just like completely like shell of himself out there. Uh, I mean, he was still averaging like 20 a game, still like getting buckets here or there. Just, you know, wasn't when the bar is Michael Jordan and you're like Allen Houston, you know, <laughs> he set a pretty ball. He, he set a pretty. Yeah, uh, the highest, so, all the right, highest. real quick. Another another couple that we uh, were not able to slide in here. Uh, he had a 53 and 11 against the Pistons in the in the 96 season. We have a. Uh, a Knicks game where he scores 54 in game four in the 93 playoffs to even the series at 2-2. Th- this is how crazy Michael Jordan is. Like he could score that didn't make the list. He could score 50 in a game against the Knicks in the playoffs in a big game, and that does not count as one of the top ten. Wow. Okay. All right. That's, That's that. Yeah. I mean, you're right. Michael's had some great games, so we we'll have to wait and see what actually made the list and and, and see if that one should have been in the top ten. Go ahead. And I got I got one. I got one more for you, and this this one is a uh, this one's gonna come as a little bit of a shock for you because you're not gonna like it. <laughs> this is not this is not best game. This is not best. Or no, I'm sorry. This is best game. This is not best moment. This is not what makes you feel the best. This is not about nostalgia. If you're just talking about the best games, I'm sorry. The double nickel ain't one of them. You don't have the double nickel as one of the top 10 games of Michael Jordan's career. That's what you're saying right now. That's the ultimate respect I can pay to Michael Jordan. He was that good, Carlin. Well, well, I don't know if you wrote your list down on actual paper, but you can go ahead and rip it up and we'll end the podcast <laughs> right here. Thank you for listening. That is the edition of NBA Sound System. We'll stop it here to embarrass, stop, save everyone from any sort so, of... How is that not making a list? The double nickel... So Michael Jordan comes off of his couch or the dugout uh, and, and onto the basketball court and within five games, he reannounces himself as the best player in NBA at that moment 
after stinking it up for the past four games where people are asking questions, the lights flip on, national TV game, it's on TNT, Craig Seger's interviewing him after the game saying people thought you lost it, and you mean to tell me that Michael Jordan, that double nickel game, it has its own name. It wasn't, it's not the 55 point hey, that's, game. It's a double nickel that's game. That's why he's the GOAT and nobody else. The 86th best game of his career, according to GameScore, has its own name. No other player in any sport can say that. Well, we've already established that GameScore has no idea what it's talking about. But I, I think we're getting close to establishing that you also have no idea what you're talking about. That has to be in the top 10. But go ahead. All right. Well, do you want to start with the list? Because I'm already there. Rip All right, let's, uh, number 10 let's, already. Let's jump I'm ready in. to kill number let's, 10. Let's jump in right into the number. My number 10 game of Michael Jordan's career. You ready for this one? I got two words for you. LeBradford Smith. Who? Does that mean anything to Who? you? LeBradford Smith. I, 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 I will plead the fifth and say I have no clue. Okay, let me, let me, let me, let's give the people here on NBA Sound System a little history lesson. On March 19th of 1993, the, the Bulls are at home. This guy, a second-year shooting guard out of Louisville, only played three seasons, averaged less than seven points a game for his career. He goes for 37 on MJ on 15 of 20 shooting. After the game, he said, quote, nice game, Mike. Now, that was the first game. That was the first game of a home and home back to back between the Bulls and the Bullets. And after that game, a pissed off Michael Jordan tells his teammates, I'm going to get that many in the first half the next night. The very next night, March 20th, 1993, Michael Jordan comes out. Care to guess how many he scores in the first half after saying that he would score 37 in the first half? How many do you think he had? I'm going to give you 31. He went for 36, and that's only because he <laughs> rimmed out a jumper at the buzzer that would have given him 38. He makes his Jeez. first eight shots, finishes with 47 points. And now, granted, this was a Bullets team that went 22 and 60, but I mean, that's like Michael Jordan in a nutshell getting pissed off calling his own shot, coming out the very next day and getting revenge on this. Basically, there, there's a reason you don't know who LeBradford Smith is, and it's just MJ just pulling out every trick in the bag in random games in March against bottom-feeding teams to just show everybody that he's the dude and nobody else is. I love the swagger. I love the swagger. I feel like LeBradford Smith is one of those faces that show up when you go on uh – basketballreference.com and those faces show up and you, you got to guess who the, the 10 guys are. I, I feel like I've seen a LeBradford Smith's face there one or two times. Uh, he's one of those guys, right? He, he's definitely one of those guys. And, and another funny part of this is years after the fact, remember how I said LeBradford Smith supposedly told them nice game, Mike? Uh, years after the fact, Michael Jordan admitted that he made that story up as a way to motivate himself for the second night of a back-to-back uh, Michael Jordan is just an insane competitor. Uh, you can't talk about Michael Jordan without talking about his competitiveness. That's why, for me, the LeBradford Smith game is in the top 10 because it sums up perfectly who Michael Jordan was as a player. I, I saw Michael Jordan one time at Spectrum Center. Um, he was with the Hornets. He was actually with a modern shot, and I was in the middle of inter interviewing Muggsy Bogues as he was walking through the tunnel. Stop the interview completely. Muggsy runs over, hugs him, and it was just me, Muggsy Bogues, Ahmad Rashad. Just us four in the <laughs> tunnel. 
just just standing there. I as well told Mike, nice game. He did not drop 37 on me, however, in the first half. Well, I, I locked him up. He, I'm like I'm like Levar Ball. Oh my God! All right, we're not we're not <laughs> we're not even gonna we're not even gonna go down that pathway. Let's jump into let's jump into the next game. Let's jump into number nine. Go ahead. All right, number nine. Now from here on out, you actually know the remaining ten games because I I gave these to you on a list beforehand out of order. So I already threw you the one curveball. You know, in with LeBradford Smith, out right. with the double nickel, but on right. to game number nine. This is the the earliest. This is young Jordan. This is rookie season Michael Jordan. February 12th, 1985. Goes for 49-15-5-4 in an overtime win over the Pistons. And the reason that this is significant, it's another revenge game for MJ. This is this was Chicago's very first game after the All-Star break. Jordan, of course, made the all-star team as a rookie. There's an urban legend that says that Jordan got frozen out, frozen out by Isaiah Thomas and Magic Johnson. So what does he do? He comes back the very first game after getting frozen by Isaiah Thomas and just torches him, absolutely shreds him. That's my ninth best game ever for Michael Jordan. And uh, shout out to the fact that the Pistons, who weren't really truly the championship Pistons at that time, but they were still really a, a really good team in the Eastern Conference. They were chasing the Boston Celtics at the po- at that point of the uh, of the mid eighties. They didn't realize that Michael and the Bulls were coming. And little known fact, Orlando Woolridge was a bad boy back then too. Orlando Woolridge was a real bad boy. Yeah, he was. He was nice. He had thirty one in that game too. So uh, it wasn't just it wasn't just Mike. You know, giving the Pistons work. It was Orlando had something to say about that too. I, I was uh, I was doing some some research for this. And I found a quote. Sam Smith uh, wrote a great piece in 2017, looking back at the the freeze out game, and he had a quote in there from George Andrews, who is a uh, the agent for both Magic Johnson and Isaiah Thomas, the two guys who supposedly uh, froze out Jordan. His agent had the following quote said. On Saturday during the workouts, Michael wore his Nike warm-ups in violation of NBA protocol. He was promoting Nike, so the veteran guys got upset at the rookie. That's it. There was no freeze-out. What <laughs> happened was Isaiah and Magic decided to guard each other without really guarding each other so that Jordan would actually have to work hard against George Gervin. And then all that happened was Jordan had a bad game. So another fake revenge game for Michael Jordan, according to the agent of Isaiah Thomas and Magic Johnson. I'll, I'll take that. I'll take that. And one other nugget, a part of this game, uh, there is a current NBA player whose father played on that same Chicago Bulls team. Do you know who it is? I mean, I mean, you I, should know who it is. It's in the box score. Go, no, I, I, I don't want to steal your thunder here. You go for it. Wesley Matthews, who's currently a member <laughs> of the Milwaukee Bucks. His dad, Wesley Matthews Sr., was playing in that game as well. I started in that game thinking four five of nine with 14 points. Yeah, do this thing. That's a fun Bulls team. You go through that box score. Do a deep dive on basketball reference, everybody. Shouts, the best website uh, that exists out there for, all right, for all right. uh, They're not paid for stat this. nuggets. Let's keep it moving. Let's keep it moving. Eight, 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 number eight. What do we got? All right, number eight here. I am going with uh, what maybe, according to some, is the most famous shot of Michael Jordan's career. I'm going with the shot. Mm. 1989, first round, game five, series tied 2-2. He, of course, goes across the middle of the lane, 
sinks it over Craig Elo. The rest is history. Uh, you know, jumping, fist pumping. I don't know it, it out, outside of the shot against Utah. Is there a more iconic image of Michael Jordan than after hitting this shot? I don't think so. And some people will say that that is maybe too low because the shot is played over, over and over and over again in many people's minds. I mean, so many kids like. I was back in my backyard trying to replicate that shot, you know, him and then the celebration afterwards. I agreed with you, and I actually ranked that nine as well on my list, and I'll give you the, 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 the full top. Well, I'll go through with you and, and give you the full top ten once we uh, once we get it, but this is the first time we've agreed. I, I can't believe that. I, I actually don't like that we agreed. I now want to go back and redo my whole list so we don't agree. Care to get, Care to guess where this game ranks all time among Michael Jordan's games? In, in, in game the score, uh, the shot he had. By the way, he had forty four nine and six with seventeen of thirty two shooting in that game. Yeah, um, I'm, I'm gonna say it's in the fifties. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, Michael Jordan is the best. Michael Jordan's the best. Uh, try two hundred and six. What? Two hundred and six. That's that's, that's how good. Ridiculous. That's how good my man Michael Jordan was. That's ridiculous. That so that shot obviously was a little bit important uh, historical context here because I think people are under the impression that that was like the first big series win for them. That wasn't the first. They had beaten the Cavaliers the year before uh, to move on to the second round. This is the second time in a row that they beaten the Cavaliers, and that began the kind of Michael Jordan killing them uh, throughout his entire career. I don't know what he had. You know what his beef was with Cleveland, the city, but um, they needed to win that game because they were expected to win. They were expected to win that series. Like that, that was the first time they were they were going into it as like favorites. They were they had arrived and they were supposed to get past the first round. So that's I will was say. Huge. I will say it is crazy though when you look back. So they had only been out of the first round that one time, that one previous year. This is Jordan's fifth year in the league. If that shot doesn't go in. Imagine, I mean, he he was obviously not a champion yet, but if a guy that had Michael Jordan's resume today in his fifth year was winning MVPs and scoring titles, but not even making it out of the first round more than once, we'd be killing him, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We'd be, be absolutely killing him. There we'd was no talk radio back then. There was no first take back then, but there were newspapers, and the newspapers would have had a field day with that. They would have crushed him. Absolutely crushed him. All right. Uh, let's move on to number seven. I think that I think that we're gonna have some beef here. Okay. I think that this is this is one where you're gonna say I'm out of my mind because I was looking at a couple of lists online and there's a there there are some people who believe that this is the best Michael Jordan game ever. Mm. I have it at number seven. The flu game. That's way too low. That's way too. 1997 low. NBA <laughs> Finals Game Five. 38 points, 13 of 27 shooting, 10 of 12 from the free throw line, seven boards, five dimes, three steals. Carlin Gay, would you like to guess where this ranks all time in game score among Michael Jordan's games? Well, the fact that you have it ranked seventh, uh, I'm a little worried that game score has it like in the 300s. <laughs> that's, that's Oh, the- ding, 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 ding. We have a winner. <laughs> that's ridiculous. This is a three, th- this- 332nd. Wow, that's ridiculous. So this game wasn't just about the flu game, and no, and he, of course you not. Know, give him the give him the flu game. Uh, he he had thirty eight points in the game. He had the game winning, basically the game clinching three pointer. Uh, Carl Malone was in super foul trouble. We had a conversation off air this morning in our uh, in our morning meeting for NBA.com 
about how close the Jazz were in each of those series that they played the Bulls. And uh, this is one of those games that they should have had. They should have. They the the Utah Jazz absolutely should have won uh, the '97 Finals. I think people point to that '98 Bulls team as the one that was lucky uh, to win the title, and they probably were. They probably shouldn't even have gotten out of the East. Right. But this '97 series, like Utah, like Michael Jordan hits a buzzer buzzer beater at the end of Game One. Utah very easily could have been up three one entering the flu game. And then in this game, the Jazz, they just collapse in the fourth quarter. They go 3 of 15. Carl Malone was 0 for 2 in the fourth quarter of this game. That's it. Michael Jordan, by the way, scored 15 in the fourth uh, in this quarter. 32 of his 38 came over the second and fourth quarters. He absolutely took over down the stretch in a game that he he was obviously beyond under the weather. Outscored Carl Malone and John Stockton in this game. Those two combined for just 32 I mean, the, the context around this game, I think, is what makes the flu game special. Uh, but, man, Utah, Utah, they, Carlin, they were there. They had this series uh, for the taking. So I'm going to give you a little bit more on top of that because they definitely should have won the game. So they had just won the game before uh, to, to, to kind of make the series a little interesting. Um, and they had won the two. And that was back then when we were going uh, the two, three, two format. So game five, which nowadays would have been in Chicago because Chicago had home court advantage, that was played in Utah. So they had the chance, as you said, to go up big and, and potentially close that series out in Chicago. John Stockton goes to the foul line with seconds left, and he is basically automatic, misses a free throw with a chance to tie the game. And then even before we got to that point, uh, the Bulls, I, I think the Jazz score quickly. Scottie Pippen gets an inbound standing right in front of Carl Malone. Carl Malone, who has five fouls, does not foul him. About five seconds goes off the clock. The Bulls advance. They never get fouled, and they score uh, an easy layup because Carl Malone couldn't foul because he was afraid of being fouled out of the game with 15 seconds left in, in, in the game. And that put an end to the Jazz win streak. Uh, Their home win streak at that time in the playoffs was 10 straight. Overall, they were on a 23-game win streak at home until the flu game. So it wasn't just that Michael went in there sick and and dominated. There was all these factors going against them. They hadn't beaten the Jazz at all at home throughout that series. And John Stockton chokes at the foul line with a chance to really put some pressure on the Bulls. Everything changed from that series on, and and, and that was it. And And by the way, wasn't Carl Malone the MVP? Uh, it, was it that year that he won the MVP? Yeah. The, 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 the yeah. Fraudulent, no, it's the, the, the fraudulent MVP of 96, 97 because wow. people were bored and didn't want to give it to Michael Jordan. So motivation again for for the great one. But you, that, first of all, that's so the you, first So I have it seventh. You you have it higher. Where, way where higher. It? Way higher. When you, when you, you factor it all those, I had, actually had it at two. You're right. You're absolutely right. <laughs> I had it at two. The, I, know, I know conspiracy theorists out there believe that this was a hangover game. You and I have both had hangovers to go out and drop, uh, to go out and give the Utah Jazz, the best team in the league at that time, 38 points on the road with all those cowbells ringing and everything else, one of the loudest arenas in the NBA at the time. Uh, I mean, that's incredible on its own. So whether it's the flu or a hangover or whatever you want to call it, that is simply spectacular, speaking from from a point of view of a man that had too many to drink the night before. 
Are you? Are you? Is this? Is this your version of the flu game? Are you? Are you hung? How hungover are you right now, Carl? <laughs> I'm only starting. <laughs> <laughs> For what it's worth, uh, he Scotty Pippen was only five of seventeen in that game. So MJ saving the skin off of, off of Pip's back. But I just I just want the record to show that you can't you can't get on me. For a lack of respect, when I put this 325 spots higher than Basketball Reference does, so at least at least my head is is somewhat screwed on tight enough. I don't Maybe not all the way, to, according to you. I don't have direct contact to the Basketball Reference uh, staff. I just have you right now in your list and your objective, <laughs> and you're trying to build this list. That's way too low. Uh, that's number two on my list. I, I think it's one of the great iconic games. And like I said. Having the flu and also having a hangover, I understand that sometimes it's tough to get out of bed. The fact that this man went into enemy territory, it wasn't a home game. He had nobody cheering for him. Everyone was booing him. And that, like I said, a loud arena, and he was able to do that. And I, th- that iconic shot of Scotty and Michael walking off the court, I don't think people realize how late that happened in the game. Like that happened like with 30, less than 30 seconds yeah, to go. Yeah, it's in the, the game. tail end. It's, it's, it's incredible how much happened in, at the end of that game for. Uh, it's a last test of time. All right, go ahead. Number seven. What do you or number six? Okay, now let, let's move on to number number six because let's be honest. The only reason that we just spent that long talking about the flu game was because Carl Malone choked, and if he wouldn't have choked, nobody would uh, <laughs> memorialize the flu game for being uh, beyond what it actually is, which was a very good game. But let's let's move on. Number six. Uh, I I'm going to sum this one up for you in the words of Marv Albert. A spectacular move by Michael Jordan. <laughs> what game am I talking about? You're talking game two of the 1991 NBA Finals. And by the way, Michael's first finals victory. First first finals victory. And look, I, I think you you look back at that 91 series and you say, oh, they they won in five. It wasn't even that close. They lost game one. Like that that was a big game. They 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 uh, destroyed the Lakers in that game too. I think winning by twenty one, but that was a big game. They, they you know he doesn't kind of switch hands, but everyone talks about how we switched hands. No one talks about how just absurd he was in that game overall. Thirty three points, thirteen assists, a ridiculous fifteen of eighteen from the field. At one point, made thirteen consecutive shots, which was an NBA Finals record. Uh, Michael Jordan just absolutely spectacular in every way, shape, and form in that game. People people talk all the time about how uh, you know Michael Jordan was this great scorer, but people that point to LeBron James being his equal points to LeBron's overall. You know he's such a better passer and rebounder. He does everything. Michael Jordan had had double digit assists in four out of five games in that series, and the one he didn't, he had nine. This game and that series as a whole encapsulated the greatness of Michael Jordan as a complete dominant player in every facet of the game. That was a moment not only he realized, but the entire league realized that he was he was Michael Jordan and he was here to stay and he, he, he was taking the torch. That that switching of the hand layup, the spectacular move, as Marv Albert would say, I, I need someone to supersede the, uh, the the torch being passed from Magic Johnson as Michael goes through the lane and lays the ball in, going from one hand to the other. Because that's that was really the passing of the torch from, from Magic and Larry to Michael, and Michael took over from there. Um, one, one note, though, for Laker fans out there, to give him some bail here. Magic was hurt in that series, 
He he was laboring. Uh, that was a long run f- throughout don't do the that. entire don't 80s. Don't do this. No, no don't, I'm no, doing this. don't do this. A long run through the entire 80s for, for the Lakers. It was also the first time they went there without Kareem. Uh, they missed his leadership. And also, uh, 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 James Worthy was actually hurt in that series as well. So much so that he actually sat out a game. How hurt do you have to be to sit out a finals game? That you have to you have to count that has to take into account your second best player. Imagine if Scotty sat out. Twenty nine years after the fact, we're gonna still make excuses for the Lakers. Is that what we're doing now? <laughs> I'm shooting Laker fans that, from bail. Is this is doing. this the Los, is this the Los Angeles Lakers excuse podcast it, on NBA Sound System? It, it's not an excuse. It's, this is a fact. This is what happened. They they were injured. They were beat up. At that point in their career, James Worthy was 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 kind of on a downturn. If you sit out a finals game, like how you have to be pretty hurt, right? You have to be. Sits out game you five of the final and an elimination game especially, on top of that. Especially in that era, man. I, I, if that was today, he'd probably be laying in a hospital, not just like <laughs> not playing in a game. Yeah. So, so so shooting them some bail. But the Bulls actually dominated that series. If you go back and look at the scores, they were there were blowouts uh, across the board. They weren't they were, close. They were. So where where did you have? I, so I did you have this lower? No, I actually on your, had on that, your list of games. Uh, I had five on my list. I had number five okay. on my list because not because of what he did numbers wise in the game, but because of what that game meant. That game meant, as you said, they lost game one. I think people forget about that. Uh, and 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 he had to show up in game two. Otherwise, they go down. They go to L.A. Uh, down 0-2. and the pressure that he would have been facing heading into game two where everyone is waiting for him to become who he eventually became, like getting that monkey off his back in that first game uh, it, in the fashion that he did uh, and really pounded them, blew him out to, to prove that he is the best player in the league because you can have all the accolades. You could be the scoring title. You have all the MVPs all you want. He wasn't, he wasn't Michael until he won that ring, and he didn't have a finals win under his belt uh, until that point. So a lot of pressure heading into that game. And, and stealing the torch from Magic and, and taking it to the next era of basketball and global yeah. and everything else. That's that's why I the, had it number five. The the torch the torch pass angle, that's a great point because right now we point to all these all these games, you know, when LeBron and Giannis play each other, when Luca and LeBron play, when yeah, whatever whatever current great player plays a current great up and coming players, we always talk about the torch being passed. And if you had to pick one game one game and only out of Michael Jordan's entire career. This is without a doubt the torch pass game. Is that the only time in NBA history? I'm trying to think of it off the top of my head right now. Is that the only time in NBA history where we actually saw the torch being passed in the finals? Like we've always wanted it to happen at that point. We never got a chance to see Kobe and LeBron do it. We might never see LeBron and Giannis do it uh, if they don't play each other in the finals. Like, is that the only time? And then, and then Kobe and MJ never had that opportunity to, to 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 play each other in the finals with those amount of stakes. Like. Magic was the best player throughout the 80s. He was still really, you know, well regarded by the time Michael came up. Obviously, he wasn't, you know, the prime Magic that he was, but he wasn't he was no joke. He would be basically what LeBron is now, right? He was yeah. you know, in 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 the conversation with what top 10 player in the league at that time and Michael came and took it from him in the finals. I don't think we've ever seen that. I I don't think that I mean the, the closest I can even think of is like Wilt beating Bill Russell Celtics in 67, but that's not in the NBA Finals, and Bill Russell was hurt. So yeah. Yeah. it's not, I mean, it's not really it's not really the same thing, right? And and how many times did Wilt have to lose before he was able to get that? Yeah, like, exactly. Like, like Bill exactly. Russell crushed him every single time. So yeah, that's I think that's the only time we've ever seen it, and that's why that has to be in my top five. But go ahead. 
All right, there we go. All right, moving on to my top five. We're gonna we're gonna take it to one year later. Game one of the '92 Finals. You can't see me right now, but I'm shrugging, baby. <laughs> this one shrug after the other. Uh, this is the shrug game. The- Six straight threes. 35 in the first half alone. Finishes with 39 and 11. Michael Jordan just eviscerated poor Clyde Drexler that entire series. Yeah, uh, poor Clyde Drexler. And people forget how nice Clyde Drexler was uh, at that point in the NBA. Like People were comparing Clyde to Michael. There was a huge comparison between the two guys. And again, this could have been an opportunity for Clyde Drexler to take the torch from Michael. Because Clyde was heading into that series. uh, And Portland as a team were heading into that series with a lot of question marks. We already saw the Chicago Bulls win the championship, so people already knew what they were getting, a championship-caliber team. They were looking for the repeat to become a historic franchise. On the other side, Portland had been there before. They'd been in the finals. They lost uh, 4-1 to the Detroit Pistons. They were able to get back just uh, after missing the one year against uh, having L.A. go there. They were able to get back, and they were ready and primed. And if you remember, during that season, Phil Jackson actually called out the Blazers. And so did Michael, saying that they don't have the mental makeup to win close games. That was the rap on the Portland Trailblazers at the time. And Michael just demoralized them early on in game one. And I think it's it's there. And maybe, maybe I'm wrong on this, but I, I feel like there's a perception that maybe like Drexler was like, Maybe before Jordan a little bit, like Clyde Drexler was 29 years old in the absolute prime of his career during that series. It's not like this was some like washed version of Clyde Drexler no. that showed up and got his got his butt handed to him by Michael Jordan. I mean, this is like contemporary shooting guard versus contemporary shooting guard, and one just absolutely owning the other. And and the team, the Portland Trailblazers team. As similar to what the Sacramento Kings were in the early 2000s, for those who didn't see that Portland Trailblazer team, where they had a guy, a star, that was waiting to win his championship to, to finally be cemented amongst all the NBA greats in the league at the time. You compare Drexler to Chris Webber, maybe, but they also had uh, you know, a star point guard. Terry Porter was no joke. They had Jerome Kersey, an athletic freak. They had a big man, Kevin Duckworth, who was going to give you that that uh, you know that the the forearm shiver if you came down the lane if you were Michael Jordan they had a physical team and then guys off the bench Clifford Robinson Danny Ainge who was coming over from the Celtics all those winning uh, winning championships and having that under his belt so they had a team that was built to win right then uh, and they weren't able to get over Michael and get over the hump but and they found out early the level that you had to go to in game one yeah. right out of the gate uh, and again Michael shrugging and and also. On that call, Magic Johnson was on the call after uh, watching Michael win his first win against him the year before. He was sitting on the NBC call next to uh, Marv Albert and I think Mike Fratello. And uh, Magic, the, the the shrug was actually towards Magic because Michael said he had it going. Like he's like, uh, six threes, I, I got it going on. It's wild to think. So up until that game, over the course of the playoffs, Michael Jordan was five of 16 from beyond the arc in the entire <laughs> postseason. Wow. Leading up to that game, shot just 27% from beyond the arc that game, and then all of a sudden just turns into Steph Curry, but 20 years before we ever saw Steph Curry uh, in the NBA. All right, let's move on. Let's move on to number four. You ready? I'm ready. By the way, you're higher on that game than I am. I'll, I'll reveal my list at the end. Go ahead. Where, now, where are you then? I'm a, I, that's eight for me. 
That's eight. That's for eight me. for you. That's eight for me. Okay. Because, because leading into the game, the Blazers weren't as as big as a threat. The the the, the magic. The, the Bulls had like that Michael Mike Tyson mentality where they are they already had beaten the the Blazers before they even made it to the ring. Like it, it was it was they were snaring it down. They were they were walking out with the white towel, uh, black no socks and the boots and all that. Michael was already intimidating that team before they even left the building. I got you. Okay. Um, Okay, so I'm I'm actually gonna cheat a little bit for uh, for game four here. What is that? I I have, have a tie. I have I have I have a tie. I have a tie for fourth. Come on. What? It's my wait, list. Wait. I can do whatever it's, I want. Did Scott Rafferty just jump on the pod? What's happening here? No, I, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go because of, because I didn't want to do a. Te- Nobody wants a top eleven games of Michael Jordan's career. You got to do a top ten. So I'm just gonna cheat and have two of them at four. What's wrong with that? All right, go ahead. Let's hear the two. Okay, these are in my opinion the two best regular season games that Michael Jordan ever played, and one of them is the aforementioned. 69 points, 18 rebounds, six assists against the Cavs, which we could dive more into in a second. That is a ridiculous game. Uh, he never scored more. He never had more rebounds. Uh, I'm just dominant from start to finish. My other game, April 3rd, 1988, against who else? The Detroit Pistons. 59 points on just 27 shots. And the great thing about this is is he goes 21 of 26 from inside the three-point line, doesn't make a three. I mean, this is just Michael Jordan making absolutely everything, get into the cup, sinking mid-range shots. This is like pre-three-point line Michael Jordan in all of his glory. 59 points on 27 shots is ridiculous. It is ridiculous, and it should be in the top 10, but I don't think it should share a spot with somebody else. Like, someone else has to get bumped. That's all. Someone else has to get bumped. It definitely so should be in the top ten, but someone else has to go. Now, but then I got then I got to bump uh, my guy LeBradford Smith, and I yeah. you know how I feel about that. Yeah, I don't want that could have been an honorable mention. That could, definitely could have been an honorable mention, especially if you're going to keep the double nickel out. That, yeah, that has to be an honorable mention. But let's let's dive deep into the game that the anniversary just went by on, because as you said, he never scored more points, never had more rebounds, and as you can see on the list, already another Cleveland team. And uh, sorry, Cleveland fans, but I don't think Mike liked you guys. No, he didn't like him at all. Man, the, the the sheer number of incredible games that Michael Jordan had against the Cleveland Cavaliers is just mind-numbing. I, I feel I honestly feel pretty terrible uh for Cavs fans having to endure year after year of heartbreak with buzzer beaters and 69-point games and 50-point games. And I, I mean he you, if you put you pull up here his best games ever, there's just there's 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 lots of Cleveland. Over and over and over again. I'm going to shoot Cleveland some bail here for that 69 and 18 game and say this. He went to the line 23 times okay. by himself. What, yeah. is, what is he, D-Wade in the 06 finals? Don't do that. Don't do that. I mean, the whistle was, that, must have been generous. If you, if, you, if you get to the line 23 times in the early 90s, it means you probably had like 19 acts of homicide committed against you. Or your name was Michael Jordan. The Jordan rules, right? Or, or your name was Michael Jordan. Jordan got a, a very favorable whistle. Very favorable whistle. Let's not sugarcoat it here. How much, how much, how much are you getting paid by Brad Doherty right now to, <laughs> to, to kind of... To be out here making this is two two teams in a row. You're just making excuses for three decades after the fact. I'm saying that. So that year, that's 1988, correct? 
No, the, the Cavs games is the uh, end of the 1989-90 season. So so three three straight years, he averaged 10 free throws per game in the season. Three straight years. You got, I mean, that, I'm not saying anything. And shout out to Brad because he's, he, I believe he's in Charlotte now, right? Working for NASCAR. So he's a local he's Charlotte guy, right? I, I think you're right on yeah, that. Yeah, so, I, so I can neither confirm nor deny. Shout out to Brad. I have to give a shout out to the Cleveland fans because we've been killing on this podcast and they've been getting crushed uh, just over the years by MJ. Uh, he did live at the line every time he saw them. So I'll say that. 23 for times what, is a lot. For what it's worth, uh, this is the only game among all of my top 10 that is actually one of the 10 best games of his career according to game score. Uh and not only that, this is the best game that any player has had over the last 35 years, uh, just barely edging out Kobe's 81-point game. To give you an idea of how crazy statistically this game is, so if you sort all of Michael Jordan's, the gap from this one to the second best game is as big as the gap from the second best game to the 20th best game. <laughs> So, like, the, the only reason it's not higher is, is it's a regular season game in March against the Cleveland Cavaliers. There's only there's only so high that can ever get. But just the statistic, the sheer statistical dominance of this is completely unprecedented, even for the greatest player of all time. Your, your turn to crush me now. I had that ranked. Tenth Stop. on my list. Stop. Tenth Why? on my list. What are you doing? Why? Because doing it was a yourself? regular season game. He, he was piling on. Doesn't matter. Yeah, you know, Kobe's 81-point game was in the regular season. Wilt scored 100 in the regular season. Yeah, those are the two greatest games of those guys' careers. We're not doing we're not doing a top 10 on either of those guys. That's 10th. But on if you list. did, they'd be number 1 on both of them. And uh, you'd be the first person to say it. I would actually say Kobe's 60-point effort against the Dallas Mavericks should be number 1, right? In three also, quarters. Also in the regular season. Yeah, that's fair. But I'm just giving you just giving you the, the quickly quick list. But they're also both of them not Michael Jordan. Like Mike had so many great games in the playoffs too. So I, I, I rank them above uh, you know, above the, the regular season games. That's all. One 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 real quick note on uh another reason that that other game that we talked about, the fifty nine points and twenty seven shots against the Pistons in eighty eight. Such a big deal. Scottie Pippen's on that team, but Scottie Pippen is just a rookie. He's still coming off the bench. Their second leading scorer in that game was Sam Vincent. And uh, to give you an idea of the the uh, ridiculousness of doing that with basically no three-point line uh, by a shooting guard. So for comparison's sake, James Harden has scored 59 uh, in five different times in his career. He has averaged 15 three-point attempts a game in those five games. Michael Jordan did it just shooting one. Wow. Um, so that just gives you gives you a, a feel for kind of the difference in 1989 or, uh, versus, you know, 2020, basically. Yeah, that is that is insane. Uh, that is insane. By the way, I ranked that out of the top 10. Like, that was my 11th uh, ranked game. Sorry. Okay, that's fair. Sorry. I, got no, I got nothing wrong with that. Early April. Uh, it's a nice game. He, he played well, but... It's early April. It wasn't a playoff game. Here, here you are just pissing all over regular season Michael Jordan. <laughs> Isn't that all what right, we do nowadays? That, it, of course. Let, let's go to the big boys, though. Let's, right, go, let's, let's go to the top three because this is nut crunching time. My, my, uh, my number three is, is, is kind of a nod to a, his entire series as a whole. But I want to shed some light on game four of the 93 finals against the Phoenix Suns and that year's MVP, Charles Barkley. I think this is the third best game Michael Jordan ever played. 
55 points, 8 rebounds, 4 assists. Uh, the most points he ever scored in any finals game. Uh, for me, this takes this kind of just takes the cake for what he did as a scorer on the biggest stage. I I like the game. Um, I don't have it ranked as high on my list. And the only reason for that is the, the pressure going into that game wasn't as as big as it would have been uh, in other games that I had uh, above it. So I actually had that uh, seventh on my list. Seventh on my list. They were up to one at that point. Um, no one, no one expected the Suns to do anything. I think actually Charles Barkley had a better game the following game where their backs were against the wall and they had to go and win one in Chicago to push to force game six. Yeah, and this series uh, comes after a... Michael Jordan is just spectacular from beginning to end. He averages 41 points a game for the entire series. That remains the most ever by any players uh, in an entire NBA Finals. Charles Barkley was great, and this game had a 32-point triple-double earlier in the series... Uh, in game two, a game that Chicago wins, Charles Barkley, again, like Michael Jordan's best friend, uh, the guy who won the MVP that year, Barkley has the absolute game of his life, right? Goes for 42 and 13. He's making everything. Uh, Horace Grant can't do a thing. And it just didn't matter because Michael Jordan takes over late in the game. They win game two. They go up 2-0, going to win the series. Uh, but for me, this game four uh, against Barkley kind of just stands out to me as uh, as just Michael Jordan at his best as a scorer. That's why I have it where I do. Yeah, I, I, I'm not hating on, on it. I, I just had it ranked a little lower because I just thought the stakes weren't weren't as high. Still a great game. Still a great game from him. Um, and, and to show up in, in against the MVP, as you said at the time, they went up 3-1 in the series. By the way, if, if the Suns had Draymond Green at that time, they probably would have won the championship. Just saying. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I well, he probably would have gotten suspended for game uh, for game five, and they would have lost in seven. Yeah, that's, that's very uh, true. All right. So do do I take it then that we have the same final two here as we we go no. down the home stretch? We, we got don't. two left. No, we don't. We don't. My, my flu game is number two for me. Oh, that's right. That's right. Your fraudulent number two game. <laughs> all right. Well, well, let me tell you a story about uh, the real number two game. It's it's got to be Jordan dropping sixty three against Larry Bird and the Celtics in the playoffs, right? Nineteen eighty six, game two of the first round. Michael Jordan goes into Boston, uh, drops sixty three against a team that went forty and one at home, and that was not a very good Bulls team either. That they just went thirty and fifty two that year, barely made the playoffs, uh, and that's that is the the game, of course, where Larry Bird says, "quote." I think it's just God disguised as Michael Jordan. Yeah. Uh, by the way, little known fact, um, that w- that happened April 20th, 1986. A young man was born on that day. Yours truly. Oh, no. Was born. Oh, happy birthday. Yours truly was born. Yeah. That very day uh, where Michael That's Jordan crazy. drops 63. So I'll always remember that game. Uh, however, on my list, that did not make the top two. Uh, that actually made it. Uh, where, where did I? Oh, four. That's four on my list. And they did right. lose the game. They lost the game, but I, it's it's less about the loss. It's also about the fact that again, no three pointers to drop sixty three with no three pointers is absolutely insane. And it wasn't that he was going up against a team that was forty and one at home. It was also the fact that the Celtics were one of the best defensive teams in the league at yeah. that point. Uh, they were they were really good. 
in contrast, like him going up against the Suns in '93, they really didn't have anybody to guard Mike. Like they they couldn't. They Richard Dumas tried his best. Uh, you know, Danny Ainge was washed at that point, and even when in his prime, he's probably not guarding Mike. So he was able to do what he wanted to do against the Suns. That's why he was able to average over 40. In this, they had multiple people to be able to defend him. At that point in his career, didn't have a three-point shot, so they didn't have to worry about him out there. It sort of packed the pain and let him come in, and he was coming and coming and coming, and he ends up with 63. And that's a, that's a packed paint against a front line of Robert Parrish, Kevin McHale, Larry Bird, and six-man of the year, Bill Walton. Yeah. And he's basically fa- he fouled out Bill Walton in that game. Bill Walton's joking about it afterwards, saying Michael Jordan's fouling out everyone. I do have a quote here, uh, and this is Celtics Reserve Jerry Schichting. Sitchting? Am I saying Sitchting. that right? Yeah, Sitchting. He is talking about Dennis Johnson, who great defensive player, right? Mm-hmm. So he says, quote, Dennis was a prideful defensive player. He's in the shower after game one when Michael has 49. He's got the stat sheet stuck to the wall, and he's staring at it. <laughs> he's all soaked up, and he says, quote, the good news is we beat them. Michael is never going to have another game like that again. <laughs> Little did he know, Sitchting said with a laugh, what was coming. And of course, what was coming was Michael Jordan disguised as God in 63 points. I To do that against Dennis Johnson in that front line with basically no three-point line is absolutely, it's absolutely insane. By the way, uh, Dennis Johnson was no slouch as a defender. Two-time All-NBA and nine-time All-Defensive uh, team. You know, yeah. uh, player. So it wasn't like he was, like I said, he wasn't going up against the Suns who had no one to check him. They had guys that could guard him either one on one. And then, and as you said, that front line was dangerous. So I, I'm not mad at that number two. And like I said, it was the day I was born. So I, I, I'll, I'll give that up. And, it, and if it was if it was up to the Bulls, Jordan would not have even been playing in that game. Right. Played just eight, 18 games the entire year because of that broken foot. Came back, was on a minutes restriction. So uh, just that's just the sheer the sheer force and willpower of Michael of young Michael Jordan. Sort of uh, the Celtics man. I tell you what, Larry Bird is a lucky man that Michael Jordan didn't come on a couple years earlier, or we would have had. Some crazy Celtics Bulls uh, mid mid eighties battles. Two things I think people forget. Well, people I know people know that he lost the game, but people forget that that game actually went to double OT. And secondly, another shout out to Orlando Woodridge because he was the only one that was doing anything <laughs> for the Chicago <laughs> yeah, Bulls. This is the Orlando Woolridge podcast. It is. It this really is. is. Better better sidekick, Orlando Woolridge or Scotty. No, I'm just joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. All right, go to number one. We know what number one is at this point now. We know what number one is. So you can't, you can't, you you agree with me then? I actually do. I actually do. I'm in lockstep. The ninety-eight, the ninety-eight NBA Finals, Game Six, the last shot. There, there's really no other option here, right? No, it, it has to be this, right? Like going into the game, knowing that it's your last game that you'll ever play, and as you said before. Uh, this is a series that was truly up for grabs. Carl Malone had just come off going crazy in Game Five to to, to force it to Game Six. So. Uh, this is this is my last parting shot for our lovely, adoring stat game score, which I know, Carlin, is quickly becoming your just favorite <laughs> thing in the world. Would you... <laughs> I can't even say this with a straight face. Would you care to guess where this game ranks according to game score among Michael Jordan's greatest games ever? Uh, I'm going to go 174. Okay. Now, to be fair, 
it's a stat that only looks at a box score. It doesn't know the context. It doesn't know it's in the finals. It doesn't know he hit the final short, the shot, yada, 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 yada. So Michael Jordan goes for 45 points in this game. Uh, just one assist, just one rebound, but 45 and, and 15 to 35 from the field. What if I told you that Michael Jordan's greatest game ever was actually the 375th nah. best game of his career? Come on. Come on, basketball reference. They got it. What is game score? Get it out of here. Get it. Get game score all the way out of here. (laughs) (laughs) Like I said, one assist, one rebound, 15 of 35 uh, from the from the foul line. So, you know, or from the field, not not his most efficient game. Didn't really do anything but score. But come on, 375. Yeah, that's that's ridiculous. Imagine imagine scoring 45 in an NBA Finals game and there being a stat out there that thinks that that's almost the 400th best game of your career. By the way, guess who was a passenger in that game? Yeah, my my guy Scotty yes. Pippen. <laughs> Eight points. Get him out of here. Come on, Orlando Woodridge would have gave him at least twenty. Do you remember where you were when you were watching this game? I do. I actually do. Uh, I was watching it in Montreal, Quebec, Canada, uh, on NBC, and staying up way past my bedtime at the time because, uh, first of all, it was a late start, uh, and, it, and it was in Utah on top of it. But I remember. I remember exactly where I was. I remember listening to um, to Bob Costa say that might be the last time we see Michael Jordan shoot a basketball. All that stuff. I, I I firmly believe that that would be the last time Michael Jordan would ever play in an NBA game. I'm happy that you brought up the name Bob Costas because I have a quote that I think is perfect uh, to end on here from the, the the mouth of Bob Costas afterwards. Quote. Statistically, Michael Jordan has had better games. But when you consider at age 35, the game he's played this year, the grinding minutes, and Scottie Pippen being all incapacitated tonight, and the fact that they're on the road, and the fact that the odds were shifted in Utah's favor for Game 7, yes, MJ rose again. This was his greatest game yet. Yeah, it, it truly was. It truly was. Had they lost that game, that would have been a game seven, first game seven in Michael Jordan's career in the finals, and it would have been back in Utah because, like like we said, it was 2-3-2 two, two format, uh, and the Jazz probably win the series maybe because Scottie Pippen, the reason why he had such a bad game, his back was compromised. I do have to give him some bail there. His back was absolutely compromised in that entire game. He, he could barely get up and down the floor, and he was just kind of – a body on the floor at that point. He wasn't Scottie Pippen. So he only played 25 minutes in that game. MJ played 43. <laughs> like Scotty Scotty was was trying to gut it out uh and MJ brought it. Um that's a great quote from from Bob Costas. He was he was doing a phenomenal job. One quote that uh I didn't get to mention in the in the in the flu game series. Uh MJ had actually called out Byron Russell saying uh because Byron Russell was, was task of guarding MJ. This is a year before, uh, saying that it, is it is it Byron or Byron or Bryant or something like that. And Byron Russell replied, "Is it Michael or Michelle?" Call, <laughs> calling, calling, oh, no. calling MJ out, and then MJ gave him the uh, gave him the work in the flu game. So that was uh, that was the beef that these two had in that uh, in that era. Like going back and watching some of those games, and of course you could you could find them on YouTube. Watching those games in its entirety, they were intense games. So to not have that one at your at number one would be egregious. It would be not even not even I can be a slave to uh, 
to the calculators and, and all the Excel stat nerds out there. Which, by the way, full disclosure, I am completely <laughs> one of those uh, number crunching stat nerds. So I say that with a, a lot of love and affinity uh, for my for my fellow number pushers out there. But yeah, there's there's no other there's no other possible answer uh, for this. And uh, yes, he came back with the Washington Wizards later. But man, at the time, this this is the single greatest punctuation mark uh, in the history of sports. No question about it. Started it by taking the torch from Magic. And left the game by leaving his hand in the air saying, no one can take the torch from me. Uh, run down the top 10 one more time for us. Your, your top 10. All right. So just to recap here, number 10, poor LeBradford Smith. Number nine, the revenge game against Isaiah as a rookie. Number eight, the shot against Craig Elo. Number seven, the flu game. 325 spots higher than game score, I should mention. Number six, he's switching hands against Magic. The torch passing game. Number five, the shrug game. Number four, a tie with his two regular season games, 69 and 18 against the Cavs, 59 on 27 shots against the Pistons. Number three, game four of the 93 finals against the Suns and Charles Barkley. Game two, God disguised as Michael Jordan. Haynes, 63 on the road in Boston. And of course, number one, you just heard all about it. Game six of the 98 finals with the last shot. I got, I got, I'm going to give you my top 10 real quick. 69, 18 is 10. The shot against Cleveland is nine. Uh, 92 shrug game uh, in, in game one of the finals against the Blazers is eight. The game against the Suns, game four of the 93 finals is seven. The revenge game against Isaiah and the Pistons for freezing him out at the All-Star game is six. 1991, the, the torch passing game, the spectacular move in, uh, at five. And then we got top four here, game of the day of my birth, uh, 63 against the Celtics. The double nickel game is number three for me. The double nickel game wow. against the Knicks is the we third gotta have best a lo- we gotta Michael have a long game of all com- time. We got to have a long conversation because that's that's completely fraudulent. There's no way that that's the third best game of his career. It is. It is. I mean, you, you, the not. guy was There's literally not. swinging a baseball bat two weeks before that. Like that's that's, that's insane fine. to me. That's not even in your top ten. So uh, the only reason that it's in the top ten is because he was playing baseball, not because of what he actually did on the floor in that game. Hundred percent. He retired. Okay. How, how many people could retire for an entire year, come back and give you fifty plus at uh, Madison man, Square you, Garden against a, you just, a really good Nick team? You feel free to just keep talking and mute me as much as you want, but that is lunacy if you think that that's the third best third game of all time. Third best game of all time. Uh, number two is the flu game, and then number one, we agree, is the shot, uh, the last shot game against Utah. It's the last game in a Bulls uniform. Uh, if you have beef with us, you can hit us up on NBA Sound System on Twitter, at NBA Sound System. Uh, for my main man, Micah Adams, I am Carlin Gay. We may or may not be back based off of your uh, your feedback that you do to this episode. But it's always fun talking Michael Jordan. Give us your best Michael Jordan memories and what your top 10 list of his greatest games might be. That's all for now. We will see you next time right here on NBA Sound System. Sound System.